Chapter Four of the Crimson Cryptogram by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Four: The Reading of the Blood Signs. In these progressive times, the duration of proverbial wonderment has been reduced from nine days to nine hours. The Dukesfield murder case was mysterious and dramatic, yet even with these elements of popularity it became stale and out of date within the week the attention of the masses and the classes was more or less concentrated on the visit of an eastern potentate whose amazing jewels and still more amazing barbarisms appealed to the popular humour moxton's death and the strange circumstances attendant thereon ceased to be commented upon by the newspapers they faded out of the public mind and continued to be talked about only in the neighbourhood wherein the tragedy occurred yet even in dukesfield after a fortnight of discussion the interest grew languid it was just as well for mrs moxton that circumstances stood thus for in defiance of public opinion she still continued to inhabit myrtle villa her husband's maltreated body was quietly buried in the dukesfield cemetery so quietly indeed that save the necessary undertaker and his men not a single person followed the unfortunate victim to his untimely grave it is only justice to say that mrs moxton would have done so but for the earnest advice of ellis knowing her unpopularity and its cause he warned her against thrusting herself forward like a wise woman the widow took the hint but passionately resented the reason for which it was given when the ceremony was at an end ellis came to tell her about it and she defended herself to him after the fashion of women with many words and much indignation as soon as he could obtain a hearing the doctor assured her that in his case such arguments were needless i am a firm believer in your innocence mrs moxton he declared in all earnestness and you must not trouble about the idle gossip of the neighbourhood people will talk and it is just a chance that they did not call you a martyr instead of a criminal it is shameful that a friendless woman should be so abused you are not altogether friendless mrs moxton if you will accept me as your champion i shall be proud to occupy the position the widow looked steadfastly at ellis and something perceptible to a woman only which she saw in his eyes caused her to lower her own she replied indirectly with true feminine evasion i shall always be glad to have you for a friend doctor you have been you are very good to me but after this speech mrs moxton became reserved and hesitating finally silent so that ellis aware that his eyes had revealed too much took his leave in a few minutes by this time he was conscious that he had fallen in love with the pretty widow and marvelled that he should lose his heart after three weeks acquaintance in the opinion of some love at first sight is a fallacy and at one time ellis had been one of these wiseacres now his personal experience proved the truth of the saying mrs moxton was not a supremely beautiful woman but she had a young and comely face and an extraordinarily fascinating manner it was to this last that ellis succumbed and he made scarcely any effort to resist its influence yet mrs moxton was a woman with a humble if not a doubtful past and there was a slur on her reputation as the widow of a murdered man ellis could not help admitting to himself that she was no wife for a struggling doctor yet in spite of such admission 
he was bent upon marrying her should the opportunity offer itself in the meantime he kept his own counsel and told no one not even cass of this new element in his life the same evening ellis and his friend sat down after supper to discuss again their domestic affairs and the state of the exchequer the outlook was now considerably improved for cass had returned with a good piece of news which he lost no time in imparting to the doctor the gods of things as they ought to be have awakened to the injustice of my terrestrial treatment bob he announced gleefully i have been made theatrical critic for the early bird and a story of mine has been accepted by the piccadilly magazine good news old boy i congratulate you what is the reason for this sudden discovery of your merits moxton's murder i think my editor was pleased with the blood and thunder report i gave of it hence he set you to criticize the drama said ellis dryly i suppose so perhaps he thinks that if i can describe the murder of a human being i can deal with the slaughter of drama and comedy by incompetent actors the profession would be flattered by your preconceived ideas of their capabilities harry nonsense i am thinking of extreme cases only but now that i have a better salary i can help you bob i shall be like the avergnat carrier in balzac's story and aid a great physician to reach his rightful position for the benefit of humanity thank you harry but i fear i am not sufficiently gifted to deserve your self-denial besides i have been discovered also what you have a patient yes a morbid lady with nerves she saw my name in connection with the discovery of that poor devil's body and came to see me about her own trouble nerves and murder i don't see the connection she did however said ellis with a shrug and asked me to save her life it is in no danger as you may guess she is nothing but an excitable female with too much money and no employment i wrote her a prescription humoured her hypochondria and so pleased her that she departed pronouncing me to be a charming young man who thoroughly understood her system she intends to send all her friends to me that's capital cried cass shaking hands with his friend once you get the start you will soon roll on to fame and fortune i'll meet you on tom tiddler's ground bob and we'll pick up the gold and silver and company dr robert ellis of harley street specialist in eye diseases and henry cass the great the only novelist but i say bob added the journalist don't degenerate into a humbug old man my dear fellow in dealing with women one must be a humbug more or less they like it that is true in every case women always prefer the graceful humbugs of this world to the genuine honest creatures that is why i have not been snapped up by a rich heiress ellis laughed absently being more taken up with his own thoughts than with the humour of his friend yes i believe this patient will send me others and that sooner or later i shall scrape together a practice in dukesfield in years to come i may even be able to set up as an eye specialist in harley street bob in harley street in any street so long as i can make a good income when i become known as an authority on diseases of the eye you are known bob interrupted cass vigorously that book on the eye you wrote is well known stuff my book fell stillborn from the press besides if it is known only my medical brethren have the knowledge 
i wish to be popular with the masses harry to have a name with them for it is the public who pay well well that will come i believe in your future bob you will have all you wish for an income a name and a wife a wife ellis turned restlessly in the comfortable old armchair and laughed in a somewhat embarrassed fashion a wife he repeated doubtfully of course you don't intend to remain single all your days do you you must marry bob for a doctor without a wife a tactful wife mind you is like a coach without wheels i hope however and here harry's tone became serious that you will not marry a widow a widow i don't understand or continued cass inattentive to the interpolation or the wife of a man who has met with a violent death harry what makes you think that mrs moxton so far ellis proceeded violently then stopped with the conviction that he had betrayed his secret the cap fits i see remarked cass pointedly and shut up in his turn for the next few weeks there was an embarrassed silence neither man being willing to speak lest a word should act like a spark in a powder magazine ellis threw down his pipe and as was his fashion when annoyed took to rapid walking in the limited space of the sitting-room cass eased his position on the sofa and waited developments yes it is true said the doctor in a loud voice so as to drown opposition i am in love with mrs moxton now what do you say only this it is hard enough for you to make a career without seeking for a clog which will prevent you rising in your profession how do you know mrs moxton would prove such a clog i don't know i surmise only i am ignorant of the lady's personality save from what i have learnt in chance moments you are in the like position i know her better than you do possibly but do you know her well enough to risk making her your wife i didn't say that i intended to ask her to marry me cass laughed that is a quibble with honourable men a declared passion is always the prelude to marriage but i have not declared my passion argued ellis in vexed tones not yet maybe but you will do so when the time comes after all harry she is a charming woman charming and pretty no doubt but is she the wife for you before you can answer that question you must know her past and whitewash her present dr ellis sat down aghast good heavens cass surely you don't think her guilty i don't know enough about the case to say said cass meditatively but mrs moxton puzzles me i confess for instance she tells lies tells lies repeated the widow's champion with great indignation yes and in the most unblushing manner at the inquest she said that she took her husband's body in her arms and felt the blood flowing from the wound in his back now it is my impression that she never touched the body how can you prove that very simply when she came into this room she wore a plain black dress with cuffs of white linen now if she had handled the body and had touched the wound it is only natural to suppose that those cuffs would be stained with blood i noticed however that they were not but that is all the stronger proof that she is innocent of the actual murderer maybe bob but it does not prove that she is ignorant of who killed the man she told lies about the handling of the body as i said it seems to me added cass reflectively that mrs moxton is shielding the assassin 
but why should she shield a murderer ah that you must learn from the woman herself but if she is completely in the dark about the matter why does she tell falsehoods then that cipher those blood signs on the arm the dying man wrote them to indicate to his wife the name of the murderer you can't prove that cried ellis much excited only by deduction why should the man write in cipher if his wife did not know the cipher the information whatever it is might have been intended for someone else i don't think so moxton knew that his wife would be the first to discover his dead body and wrote the message in cipher for her information it is only reasonable to think so mrs moxton says she does not know what the cipher means precisely she is telling lies and shielding the true criminal how do you know that the cipher contains the name of the criminal harry because i can read the cipher was cass's unexpected reply i found out the key yesterday look here bob he jumped up from the sofa and crossing to the writing-table hastily scrawled two diagrams you see he added here is a criss-cross and a st andrew's cross with two letters in each angle which exhausts the alphabet ellis looked at the diagrams with amazement and shook his head i am as much in the dark as ever explain well you use the angles and the central criss-cross square for letters with an added dot for the second letter if you wish to write your name ellis in signs you take the first letter of the third angle in the criss-cross the two second letters of the sixth angle the first letter of the square and the first letter first angle st andrew's cross i see and l being the second letter of the sixth angle you put a dot of course if i wrote k i should put no dot replied harry and took a morsel of paper out of his pocket here he said is a copy of the sign on the dead man's arm the second letter of ninth angle criss-cross the first letter second angle st andrew's cross and the second letter fourth angle of the same do you see now take this pencil bob and use the key to turn them into letters ellis did so and produced three letters on the paper given to him r u z he read slowly what does that mean is it a word i don't think so there is no word spelt ruse in any language that i am acquainted with i believe those three letters are the initials of the man who killed moxton for some reason the dying man did not desire to give up his murderer to justice but at the same time he wished to let his wife know who struck the blow hence the cipher mrs moxton can read the meaning depend upon it bob it seems strange assented ellis surveying the letters thoughtfully do you think there are three names here or only two i can't say r u may mean rupert or rudolph but i am in the dark so far i have discovered the letters bob it is for mrs moxton to explain them to you what about this other sign said the doctor evading a reply well at first i thought it was a serpent but as it has four feet and a wriggle of a tail i conclude it is a lizard mere guessing you understand what connection can it have with the letters i don't know ask me something easier or rather said cass with a peculiar smile ask mrs moxton she knows the truth about letters and lizard and murderer but she won't tell it to you why not asked ellis angrily 
because my poor fellow i firmly believe that the murderer of mr moxton is the lover of mrs moxton end of chapter four read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california